0: You're listening to the Mortgage Success Podcast, a show created to inspire mortgage brokers to achieve optimal success in their mortgage businesses. I'm the host, Brian Franz, the author of the book, Internet Marketing for Mortgage Brokers, tripling your online sales by getting your internet marketing done the right way. I'm also the founder of Mortgage Broker Marketing, the digital marketing agency for the mortgage industry. On each episode, I'll be sitting down with industry leaders to talk about their processes, the lessons they've learned and How to find success in your mortgage business? Mortgage success right. podcast listeners, thank you for joining with me today. Is Todd Duncan? Todd, how are you, man?
1: Good, Brian. Good to see you, man. What's going on? Awesome. Nothing much. Uh, nothing much. Happy. Follow happy you. to have you here. We're uh,
0: nothing much. Yeah. Nothing um, much. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm uh, super excited to to have you on today. Thank you for joining. Yeah. Um, Real quick, tell uh, tell us about how you got into mortgage, or just a hist- your brief history, a brief history of how you got into mortgage, and and then uh, we'll get into it.
1: Yeah, per- perfect. Um, you know, I had a childhood dream when I was two years old that I wanted to be a mortgage professional, and I just followed that my whole life, right? <laughs> I bet. No, I think like, unlike everybody, right? It's like, um, how did we get into this beautiful, crazy business? And for me, it, the story was I graduated college and really didn't have an idea in which way I wanted to go. But I had a, I had a degree in marketing and finance and, um, and it just so happened that my parents had a group of friends that owned Tarbell Real Estate. And so I met with Don Tarbell uh, during the summer after graduating he said, you know, you'd be good at either real estate or mortgages. And, uh, which one appeals to you and I go I'm not sure either one he goes but but why not and I go well, I don't know I wasn't even thinking about those and he goes well, what were you thinking about And I said I'm not sure he said why don't you just he said why don't you try out mortgages now mind you this guy was my little league coach so he's, he's been coaching me since I was eight years old
0: right and
1: uh, yeah and so I interviewed with uh, the president of the mortgage company and uh, I like the idea of helping people make their dreams come true and and doing it in a way that I could use my finance degree and my my business degree and so I became a became a professional mortgage uh, originator my, mm-hmm. uh, let's see, seven months after college graduation and uh, couldn't have picked the worst time to, to become a commissioned mortgage professional. Yeah. Um, the, the economy, if you're if you watching the news, well, I don't recommend watching the news today, but in any event, if, you, if you've heard anybody say uh, the economy today in 2022, mm-hmm. uh, it hasn't been this bad since 40 years ago. Uh, not to date myself, but I started doing mortgages in 1980 and interest rates were, prime was 20, you know, Gubbies were 17 and a half, um, piggyback first and second, 18.9, uh, unemployment above 10, consumer confidence in the tank, uh, full-blown recession, you know, nobody thought anybody would be buying and selling real estate. And here I am a commissioned loan originator. So I just made, I made a decision early on that I would uh, not let the market uh, define me. I would define the market. And uh, I decided that, uh, that the one thing I can do in a, in a bad market is bring hope to people and particularly real estate agents. So wow. I, began doing, I began doing that. And, um, and next thing I know, we're like off the grid. And uh, I remember the first month I originated 21 loans, uh, rates were that high. And everybody's wow. looking at me, how did you do that? And I said, uh, my producer just dropped this off. I said, I had a button made up yeah, my, but, my button said rumor is we're in a recession. I am not, I'm not partici- participating. I'm, I'm not participating. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah, so my average loan amount was $81,000. and my first year, we funded uh, 21, no, sorry, $27 million in loans wow. and went on, went on in 12 years to help almost 6,000 families finance real estate. And um, I just got an urge probably, um, probably, let's see, it'd probably be just turning 30 and I've been doing mortgages for eight years. And, um, and it was like, uh, my company said, can you start training the other uh, loan reps on how to do what you're doing? So I started doing that. And three years later, it was like, I've been doing loans for almost 12 years. And uh, um, maybe there's a bigger calling. You know, Maybe there's something else that I could do to create even more impact. And so I chose to, to start the company I still own today. And uh, I launched that company in 1992. And in 1994, we had a massive interruption of the market. I think interest rates went up 400 basis points in 90 days. So I I, I was used to it, you know, I was used to doing things in tough markets. So that was my start. And um, yeah, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And today, you know, we've been doing uh, the the company that I started uh, has 5 million clients around the world. We believe in creating high trust relationships and, uh, uh, the rest is history, I guess. Here we are.
0: <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah. I love that button. I'm going to need to get one. Uh, but
1: I'll send you one. Just shoot yeah. me address. I'll send it to you. We, I we just had, we just had a hundred of them made up.
0: <laughs> Did you? Awesome. Yeah. So it, in terms of marketing, what, what would you say worked best for you when you, uh, when you were starting out?
1: Yeah. So, um, and you know I know that I know that there um, a lot of people are, are looking at the balancing act between uh, high touch, high tech, you know and and then obviously what we teach is high trust. I think that marketing automation today can be really dangerous in terms of trying to create value because there's so much of what we put into marketing automation that um, we don't really know a client will value, right? So um, I was in the bookstore the other day with my wife we we go to the bookstore often and just kind of gaze and there was this book called Noise. And that was the title of the book. It was noise. And it had to do with how to get your message out in a world that's crowded and noisy, right? So what I chose early on, and, and mind you, um, this, this will give everybody like, really? that There was a time like that? Yeah. So when I started the loan business, um, fax machines had not been invented yet. Um, The only computer that was out there was a five inch square digital uh, DOS based uh, Microsoft computer and um, credit reports took five days and they were generated on perforated paper, and you would have to pull it out and take the perfs off and then echo punch it two holes in the top to start to build your your loan file, right? So I I didn't have technology to speak of. I was the first person that bought a a cell phone in Orange County, California, it was $4,000, but that's another story for, so here's what worked. What worked was, what does a relationship want? And I made a decision early on that you can pursue transactions and make a living, but you can pursue relationships and make a fortune. Right. And today, today we have people that are, that are in our coaching uh, club and group, and they're funding $20 million a month in personal production. And they're doing it with maybe 10 or 12 real estate agents and some other verticals, right? So the, the deal was, um, we called it value streaming. And what it meant was, let me give you things you need to help you win in business. And if you tell me where you need help, then I'm going to go find the things that you need. And it was really an interesting kind of deal. So I began- We're talking about realtors, right? Like with these- It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter who, but real estate agents is where I started. And then I I got a couple of builders. But if you sit down with any business professional today, whether they're an insurance agent, financial planner, real estate agent, CPA, it doesn't matter. Um, You can ask them like questions, like based on where your business is right now, where would you like to see it in the next two to three years and how can I help? You know, or based on where you are right now, what are two or three of your biggest concerns and how could I help? Or I know you're buying your first house. Most first time home buyers have a lot of fear. Um, I want to come alongside you and assuage that fear and take it away. So what are you maybe fearful of? And then I want Mm -hmm. to come up with that. So what I did is I began, I began distributing ideas. I was I was known as the idea guy. And all I did was I got very careful with who did I want to do business with. If they were really good, they already had a lender. Yep. So I knew what I needed to do was give them enough value that at some point they would compare the value that I'm giving them, not receiving loan referrals, mm-hmm. to the value their current mortgage professional was giving them or not, and yep. the referrals that were going that way. And with one of my top realtors, it took... 18 months of that kind of distribution, Yep. Before the scale went like this, and then in the next four years, we did $62 million in loans, which wow. is about 100 transactions a year based on that average loan amount. But the same holds true with borrowers. You know, if you want your borrowers for life, I mean, the, 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 the biggest regret that mortgage brokers and mortgage uh, professionals have is that they're not paying deep enough attention to the touch piece in their database. They're not, they're not actually mm-hmm. intentionally adding value there. Well, you can't add value there. If you're just going to send out an email to your whole database once a month, you need to, uh-huh. at the very least, carve out the top five or 10% influencers and have conversations with them. Like, you know, I had a guy that, that ran a physician group of 2000 physicians. How wow. can I add value to the doctors? You know, how could I add value to the doctors? And what could we do for them that would be unique and different? Uh-huh. I happen to have, my father was a doctor. And so I asked my dad, I said, "What what do doctors have problems with? And he told me everything. And so I started doing marketing to doctors, but it was based on what my father, who is a doctor, told me. If you did this for a doctor, they'd find it very valuable. So here today we have dental. Talk their language. We have dental practices. We have physician practices. We have uh, uh, legal and and, uh, and financial services practices. Um, I know a dentist that follows our methodology and makes $7 million a year. Wow. And 15, 15 years ago, he wasn't even making $750,000 a year. Oh, so wow. yeah, wow. so that's what you have to do. Don't, don't, don't send stuff because you think it's valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, ask clients in, in the digital world, what do you need and how can I help? What do you need and how can I help? I can find an answer today for anybody's problem in about like two tenths of a second. Right. <laughs> so I'm just going to be the bridge between knowledge and what you need.
0: Right. Love it. Yeah. So get to know your get to know your clients, get to know your realtor, realtor partners, right? Get to
1: see what you can
0: help them with. Um,
1: it's a, it's a it's it's a win, Brian. I mean, think about it. Like I could say to a realtor, most loan officers are happy to get a borrower referral from you and do a good job on it. Mm-hmm. I would love to I'd love to earn that. But my my more important goal is to help you win in real estate. And if yeah. I can help you win, then we're going to do business together. And it just, right. it just changes everything like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, that's, you, you, so you have, you wrote a book and you talk about in the book, the, the laws that govern the, the sales process. Tell me, tell me a little bit about some of the laws.
1: Well, under the topic you and I are talking about right now with the law that most resonates, it's called the law of the hook. And yeah. the, law of the, the law of the hook says a captivated audience stays to the end. So if I'm in selling and um, I, I understand that selling is only really solving, I'm no longer seeing myself as a salesperson. Yeah. I'm saying my, seeing myself as a solutionist. My job is to ask oh, you no. a question. Yeah, my job is to ask you a question or two or three yeah. about what you want. And then I need to help you get it. I'll give you. I'll give you an example right now. So I had Perfect. a CEO. I had a CEO that called me uh, three years ago. We were on a conversation right before COVID hit, and during the conversation, Brian, she said, "I wish I had a crystal ball." Okay, so I just I'm listening with the intent to solve, not the intent to sell. And so I parked that thought over here on the right. And I asked her. I said, "What would having a crystal ball do for you?" And she told me things that, man, if she could just have a little insight into the future, right? Mm. And we had a deep conversation around that. As soon as I hung up, I grabbed my assistant and I said, I want you to find a sterling silver stand with at least a four-inch crystal ball. And I want to send it to Melissa today or tomorrow overnight. I want it wrapped, I want it beautiful, right? Yeah. I do an interview this is this is 3 years ago. I do an interview with Melissa last Thursday. Okay. And in the frame on the video over her right shoulder is the Sterling silver stand with the crystal ball. Yeah. You know, and so now at the very least every time she sees the crystal ball she thinks of me. Every okay. time we have a discussion it involves what do you think the crystal ball is saying? And it's like, it's like we immediately connect over me hearing one thing that she needed. So then same woman, same woman, a couple months later says, I'm looking for a job description for a head of national production for retail mortgage. Do you have any? Do you have any? Right. No. But what did I say to her? I said, sure. Yeah. I'm not home yet, but let me get home and I'll send you a couple later on tonight. Okay. So what do you think I did? Google. Yep. National job description, retail mortgage, Bum. How many, th- how many uh, entries do you think came up in like two tenths of a second? Oh, thousands. Tens of thousands. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah. So I only scroll through, through the first two pages. I spend a half an hour reading job descriptions and, uh, and comp plans. And I find two that I really like. Yep. So that night, she told me that morning what she needed. Asked if I could help that night, she had two links via email for me. And she used one of them and she ends up hiring a head of national production because she said, Do you have a job description for head of national? No, but I said yes. So that's the so, that's solution mindset, right? You gotta listen to people, what they say they need. You gotta ask questions to find out what people need. It sounds like sales 101, right? Yeah, but then you got it. Then you got to act on it. And the the litmus test is like, if I do a loan for a borrower, do I know where the borrower wants to be financially in twenty years, fifteen years, ten? If I'm not asking the right questions, I can't serve them for the rest of their life. You know, yeah. if I have a real estate agent that uh, that um, last year I referred <laughs> two hundred twelve thousand dollars in commissions to, yeah, she's she's not going anywhere. No, nope. she's never. And in fact, she's going to be very very careful who who she recruits for me. If yeah. I help a financial, um, um, I just I just printed out a slide from uh, one of my elite members. He said he said I sent out a twenty seven thousand dollar referral today to a real estate agent from doing my annual mortgage review. This year we've referred over one million dollars in commissions to real estate agents. Wow. On the flip side, on the flip side, he sent me something. He said I just referred a seven million dollar client to one of my financial planners a $7 million client asset client to a financial planner is worth a boat ton of money. Yeah. So you got to uh, help people win this way. It's just like, it's the, it's the greatest disruptor uh, in mankind.
0: Yeah. So the the law of the hook. Thanks. Right. Uh, yeah. I love um, it. Listen, yeah, the, for, listen for the, like how you can help. Listen for the listen, solution, Right, be a list, problem solver.
1: Listen with the intent to solve. Listen, not the with intent the to intent call. to solve, not with the intent to sell, not with the intent to sell. Yep. Love it. Yeah. yeah. One other law, one other the law that I'm really big on is called the law of the hourglass. Yep. Um, the law of the hourglass says you've got to make your best moves before your time runs out. Most mortgage brokers and mortgage lenders are <laughs> horrible at the idea of time efficiency and time organization. Yeah. Um, and one of the things we do in our coaching company, Brian, is when you come into coaching, we measure how much you're worth per hour based on your previous 90 days of income. Okay. And then we help you every two weeks measure how that income is growing. Yeah. And I just, uh, just saw a, uh, a testimonial today from a gal named Lisa. It's on, the, uh, it's on the ToddDuncan.com Sales Mastery website. She said, I went from $32 an hour to $756 an hour in 10 months. I, wow. want, you about, I want you to think about what I just said. Yeah. $32 to almost $400 in 10 months. Right. Yeah. And geez. so the law of the hourglass says most mortgage professionals do way too much that earns way too little. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, they're not growing and the yeah. job that every mortgage person has every real estate every business owner has is to build more residual income than earned income meaning that you got to you got to do it the right way you got to bring in a team you got to have specific job descriptions and titles and you got to be able to to begin to realize that i can make more money per hour and work less hours and make more total income yeah. by working less but by focusing that less time on the two or three things that matter most—borrower consultations, operational excellence, and maybe um, realtor, builder, financial planner, partner—you know, partner reviews or partner partner calls—that's all I should be doing. That's all I should be doing. Yeah,
0: I bet you. I bet you, of the uh, people or you know, LOs are, are spending a lot of time in areas that aren't making them much money.
1: Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Wow. Yeah, more, more than more than not. In fact, the average loan officer in, a, in America prospects uh, 24% of the day, but only produces 5% of the day in active selling. So think about that. That's how screwed up their prospecting is. That's how um, inefficient it is. That's how unreliable it is where the top producers spend about 20% of the day prospecting and about 48% of the day is active selling. And so uh-huh. what you really have to do is understand that if you fill your time with things that don't produce revenue, you will never make more revenue. Right. So you got, you got to, you got to look at the formula. And for every 25 things an LO will do, there's about 22 that somebody else can do better and cheaper.
0: Love it. <laughs> yeah. Hire someone. Hire someone to do that. Yeah. Hire,
1: hire a bunch. Right. But just, just don't hire to hire. I mean, hire to build a team. Part of how you build revenue without you know, continuing to work hard is you have a team that does things for you, and they call it's an honor to be on your team. They don't, you know, it's. I mean, that's and everybody's got a risk tolerance with how much uh, how much team they add. But what I determine is for about every hundred thousand dollar in total comp, um, um, I would do another ten million dollars in um, loan volume. Right, and you could just do the math real quick. I mean that's you know that's a that's a profound exchange of revenue versus income. Yeah. Like, e- like email. How much would it cost to have somebody check email every minute of every hour? Like mm-hmm. 50 bucks an hour. And if yeah. you can make if you can make five grand an hour, why wouldn't you pay somebody one yeah. percent of the income? Your email. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right,
0: right. Oh, right. Yeah, I know uh, s- some things I think borrowers you know get upset about is that it seems like you know the the uh the loan is going smoothly going smoothly until like it gets close to the closing and then it's like oh shit we need this we need that and so like where was all this communication and you know before the before the end and before the before the the time came and uh and then it, it seems like there's like a lot of scrambling around
1: Well, it's, it's like, there's a reason why people like in the traditional model, people get this. There's a reason like you originate the first two weeks of the month and the last two weeks of the month, you, you do everything you need to do to get the loans closed. So half the month, half the month, you're not actually producing new revenue. You're only saving the revenue that's there. And so, so the, the idea, um, and I got, I got a document right over here on top of my, uh, on top of my other desk and, um, so I've got a guy that I coach, uh, last year, they, they closed $312 million in volume in his branch and he's the, he's the main LO. Yeah. And, um, between the time you apply to the time one week after you close, there's 11 intentional touch points. Yeah. And, oh, well. and the, the attitude is one and done. And so he, his whole philosophy is I'm going to touch it once And then it's going to be done. And then the transaction coordinator takes over. She or he is going to touch it. And whatever they're touching it on, that's done. There's no circumstance in his business where you get close to closing and it becomes frenetic. In fact, it's the opposite. The closer you get to closing, the smoother it goes because we're more proactive back here instead of reactive up here. And that is... You're talking about creating a customer service experience that's second to none, which we need to do in the in the digital age. Um, we gotta
0: have
1: the you gotta have the humanity in here along with the technology to make things work. There's no reason why loans should get harder as they go along. Right. It should be easier. We should say yes to the right loans at the right time up front, and we should over-communicate and over. Over document and and do everything so every day the loan goes forward, the day gets easier and easier. That loan gets easier and easier. It's perfect. So you said, you have,
0: you, said you have a document. What's it, that document outlines all these touch points and like when the, the loan officer steps out, when the loan coordinator steps in? Is that what you hang on? Hang on. <laughs> we got to see this.
1: Well, I just got, I'll put it up there without doing a screen share. But um, yeah, so this is this is the model. Okay. So that's, that's in this guy's world. This is what happens from the very start of a loan yep. to one year after the loan closes. That's it. Awesome. The whole template. And, and by the way, this says, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times in the first year, yep. there's a request for referrals. Nine times in the first year. Nice. Yeah. Four of which are during processing. Right. Okay. So think, Yeah. And that's what we call that in high trust is a circle of cash flow. Yeah. That, you know, if I know you and you know me and we like each other, who do you know that I need to know? Yeah. And it's a plus one. We talk about plus one. If I fund a hundred loans and I understand to activate the plus one, then assuming I would do a hundred next year, I'm now going to do 200. So yep. I activate the, I activate the plus one, assuming I'm going to do 200 the next year, I now do 400. Yep. And all I'm at, all I'm looking for is such a brilliant customer service experience that everybody can find one person a year to yeah. refer my way. And you do that. And it's like pretty soon 80% of your volume is referral only. And it's just powerful conversions, higher trust is higher. Loyalty is longer. Right. There's no downside. Yeah. No downside.
0: Tracking, tracking all this, right. What do you, what you track? What do you measure? You can improve. Right, okay. um, Love it. So, uh, I, I, you, I had found on your website, the high trust interview. Yes. But, uh, when, when did you, did, were you using that when you were in mortgage? Yeah, did I didn't call that? it.
1: I didn't, I didn't call it that then, but I actually, okay. I actually formulated that after a 13 week sales camp that I went to as a brand new LO. Oh. And, um, and the, and the essence was what can I ask you that nobody else asks? So you trust me differently than you've trusted anyone else ever. And that became kind of the impetus. So one of the questions we asked at the start of the high interview is, and we set it up like this, you know, really appreciate the chance to meet with you today, Debbie, Karen, who is my title referral or whatever, yep. felt that our time together would be really, really well spent. Uh, I want you to know at the get go, I'm different than probably every LO you've ever met. Um, my goal is to help you succeed at the highest level you'd like to succeed. Yep. Um, the loans are a byproduct of that but I can't help you succeed unless I first of all know what's important about being successful to you. So as a real estate professional, what is important about success Mm. to you? What do you look for? What does it mean to you? And I have about a five minute conversation that gets pretty emotional pretty quickly. And then my next set of questions is, so during a transaction, what are the things that are most important to you? And what are the ways my team and I need to operate to help your customer win so that you look like the hero for referring them to us? That's a 20 minute conversation. Okay. And then I, and then I end with what's called the lost leads conversation, which goes like this. How many transactions did you close last year? That's answer one. Yeah. How many trans, how many people did you need to talk to? That's answer two. Yeah. Um, how many of those do you think might have used you had you had a different follow-up system? That's, an, that's answer number three.
0: Yeah.
1: And then, and then how much do you make per transaction? that's answer four. Mm -hmm. And then comment five is, it looks like you're leaving about $410,000 on the table every year. Would you like to do something about that? Yeah. So let me replay it. Um, I closed 30 transactions. Um, I talked to 300 people. That means 27 Mm -hmm. people, 27 people, 10% of the 270 that didn't use me, could have used me, might've used me. So if I make $10,000 a transaction and there's 27 transactions out of the 270 people that didn't use me, that's $270,000. Yep. Would you, would you like to do something about that? Then yep. here's the last piece, last piece, 99% of loan officers don't do this. After that meeting, you execute a weekly follow-up strategy meeting, 15 minutes on the phone, doesn't have to be in person for 12 weeks. Yeah. And if I do that, then the relationship, whether it's an agent, a builder, it doesn't matter. Um, I've got to do more after the interview to keep the thing growing. Yeah, than I did than I did before to set the appointment, and that's where ninety nine percent of los miss out. Um, you can make a fortune with ten realtors, but you got to love on them every week and not just call them and say stupid stuff. You got to be in relationship. It's a partnership. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. You're going to grow that. Right. So ninety nine percent aren't doing that, and you're saying to schedule a, a follow-up call with them for 12 weeks.
1: So Brian, um, so Brian, just tell me, Todd, I can't wait to do business with you.
0: Todd, I just can't wait to do business with you.
1: Brian, I feel the same way. So I've opened my calendar and, um, I check in with my agent partners once a week for about 15 minutes. Um, Friday is usually the day I've got a one o'clock and a two thirty available, What would you like to commit to for just a 15-minute check-in so I can help everything we just talked about come true for you? Yeah, one o'clock. Let's say you say say one o'clock. So great. I open my calendar. I go, Brian, um, PPS, partnership planning session. PPS, start date a week from today, end date 13 weeks from today, Uh, five-minute alarm reminder, people to add, Brian, boom. Uh, Send invite, boom. So I'm sitting there with you Yep. And you just got the invite on your phone from me. What are you going to do? Not accept it?
0: Yeah. No, you're going to accept so, it.
1: <laughs> so now what have I just done? I have just now done what 99% of LOs don't do. I have scheduled 12 weeks of follow-up with you. Yeah. It's magical. It's magical. And then every time I call, I'm going to ask questions like this, like, you know, who are you going to be showing property to in the next seven to 10 days that I haven't spoken with yet? That's called right. lead aggregation, Right. Um, who are you, who, who have you met in the last seven to 10 days that I've not yet had a conversation with yeah. that I, or that you're not sure are going to use you and right. then I could call on your behalf and reel them in. It's like, you know, what can we do better together? How can we be more efficient together? You know, it's just like, like, like if you, if you went on a date with somebody and you got so excited about, you know, wanting to spend more time with them, would you follow up?
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And in business, it's like that. If I get excited about doing business with somebody, I need to follow up because if you don't follow up, they don't follow through. Yeah. That's a very important point for people to hear in this podcast. If you don't follow up, people don't follow through. Right. Simple.
0: And you were doing that. You were doing this back in what? 30 years ago, you said?
1: Well, I, I, my first loan was November of 1980. And my last loan was April of 1992. Okay. So and by the way, by the way, more important is that 30 years later we've taught over five million people to do this to do this yeah yeah and the high trust interview is the holy grail of influence if you do if you do it, people say yes nice it's like ah. and let me just I'll give you a borrower example too like think about this so we have a loan officer, and one of the things we teach people is to talk less so you can sell more, right It's <laughs> like don't talk more because you'll sell less Listen more yeah. So, so we talk about this idea of like the 10 word close. I don't believe in using closing as like an idea, but at some point you have to engage the relationship. So this guy is, this guy's following our, our strategies in coaching. And, um, we put everybody on a 30 day assignment, go out and use, talk less sell more with borrowers and agents, and then come back in a month. We'll get back on the web. Let's talk about success stories. So he, he gets somebody to call him and, um, he, he uh, sets the appointment with them. They're moving from Anchorage to, uh, to Portland. Yeah. And they get on Zoom and he says, you know, I'm, I'm really, really grateful that uh, Janelle referred you guys to me. I love working with first time home buyers and I think I'm, I'm pretty good at it. Before we get started, I want to ask you guys just one question. And the question is, what would it mean to you to own a home? Now, these guys are first-time home buyers, right? So the question is, what would it mean to you to own a home? 10, ten words, right? Yeah. So he pauses, and the wife begins tearing up and then crying. Mm. And about 15 seconds later, the husband begins tearing up and crying. What? And at the end of the day, Brian, what the wife said to the mortgage professional is, if we could buy a home, we'd be the first couple in the history of our family to own a home. Uh, and he just let that settle in. There was no interest rate conversation. There was no good faith estimate conversation. There's no cost. There, were, none of that took place. One question, ten words, nothing but emotion. He let it sink in for a minute or so. Right. He got he got teary. Yep. And he looks at them and he says, "I'm going to make that happen for you. Yeah. Are you ready to Are you ready to get started?" <laughs> That so is that man. is the yeah. ultimate borrower interview. Yeah!
0: Wow, so, yeah. Cool. it's amazing. I yep. <laughs> uh, love it. So, uh, challenging market out there. Challenging market out there today. What would what would you do? How do you how do you think? Uh, what would you do to thrive in, in today's market?
1: Uh, mm, nothing different than I did in yeah. a market. Way worse than this market. Here's what it. Here's what it gets down to. It gets down to right now. Discipline, rinse and repeat. Discipline, rinse and repeat. You can get through any market. Like in 30 days, if you're listening to this, in 30 days you could follow our plan and have 30 face-to-face appointments with referral partners that right now you don't know. Um, If you're experienced in the business, you could call every person realtor, builder, whomever that's referred to you a buyer that you've closed in the last year, you could call every one of them and tell them that you're expanding your business. You'd like to add 10 new partnerships and you would like them to be one of them. Is there a time that we can get together to have a conversation about what that might look like? You can do that right now. So yes. there's this, there's this idea that we teach, Brian, it's called the 90-day burn. And the 90-day burn means whatever market presents... Yep. depending on how unique and difficult it may or may not be compared to the previous market, in 90 days, you can ratchet your business up. Yeah. And that's all I would do. I'd get back to basics. I would uh, I would make sure that I understand that I might have to go deeper with a few partnerships. So I'll give you an example. Like if I have 20 realtors yep, and I do this in 30 days and then I follow up every week, yeah. And all we're going to do together is generate one referral. Yep. Okay. So that's 20 referrals a month. Yep. So if I, if I ask the question, like I just shared, what would it mean to you to, and there's like 20 different questions, what would it mean yeah. to you to own at home? Then I've got 20 conversations and let's say, you know, five of those end up being full pre-quals mm. and potential loans and TBDs or contracts. So yeah. If I have 20 calls a week, you know, 20 agents, one deal each, yep. that's 80 a, 80 a month. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's 20 full-blown credit pull prequels into processing. Yeah. So if 90% of those close, then what am I at? 18. You know, 18, 18 loans a month. Yeah. Times five grand. You can okay. win in any market, this, but you got to have the right attitude. Right. I love it. Yeah. I'm not participating in yeah. rumors. The, 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 <laughs> the basics don't change. And then after the market shifts and we get out of the quote, you know, volatility that we're in right now, then what happens is you go look at the 20 and you say, okay, who are the 10 that I want to go really deep with? Yeah. That's all I would do, right? That's all I would do right now. I would get my game on. I would expand the number of people I'm counting as referral sources. I would meet with them. I would deepen the conversation. I, I would come to our website and and look at the uh, the downloadable resources we have um, yeah. that are no, no cost to help you ask the right questions so you get people excited. But dude, I'm telling you right now, the, the, and I appreciate the fact that people have to really think about what I'm, what I'm going to say, is, does, is that really true? Um, the beautiful thing about a market like this is you have less competition. It's a cleansing effect. Yep. Many of the people that shouldn't be in this business aren't in it anymore. And we'll continue to see that over the the next 18 months. But man, oh man, talk about, you know, talk about get more from less people because there's less people in the business. And, you know, home sales are, we don't have a balanced buyer seller market yet. We still have an insane seller's market in most places in America. So you got a position with buyers right now, like there's no tomorrow and we're still going to have multiple offer wars in a lot of cities until it calms down. Appreciation this year is going to be at 5% instead of 20%, which it was last year, but it still makes sense to buy real estate at five and a half. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, that's my, that's my wisdom on that one. The market is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't you, matter. You get to choose. you get to choose. You get to choose how you want to be in the market. Yeah.
0: What do you What do you think stops people? Uh, stops people out there from building relationships with realtors, or why do you think there's like it makes like people are hesitant about? It. They don't like it, right? Or you, what do you, What do you think that's about?
1: Uh, I don't know. It's like if I were to present you with two options. Brian, you can wake up every day and hope you get alone, or you could wake up every day and know you'll get alone. Which option would you choose? Yeah, I'd wake up and know. Okay, so if you're going to wake up and know, then the question is, why would you not believe in creating loyalty with the 20 people that can make that happen? Right. Why would you not do that? Because left on your own, the loans you're going to get and the referrals you're going to get are fairly accidental and random. Yeah. And as the market ticks up, there's going to be less and less of that. Mm-hmm. But winning real estate agents, winning financial planners, people that are you know, in the top 20 to 40% of producing hierarchies in any discipline, they make money no matter what the market's doing. And, and, and there, you know, and, 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 and that's the, that's the deal. So I, I would ask like, what would happen if you were the guy that created this, which I coach and you own 400 rental properties because you have built revenue the right way. You're 43 years old. You, you own 400 rental properties. You take 15 weeks of vacation a year. Yeah. And you have three or four personal houses and a private jet and you're 43. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? It's just mortgages.
0: All right. It's just
1: like, but I can't do everything myself. And and he's chosen to scale under kind of our leadership and our coaching, but why would you not do that? I mean, is that, so here's the, here's the other deal. You do this, you get to work for 10 years and make a fortune. You don't do this, you have to work 40 years and you'll be broke still at the end. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) Emotionally and financially.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I love it. Yep. All right. So we talked about the lost lead conversations. Uh, What, what do you think LOs? I think we just, we just touched on it, right? That, that LOs are not doing enough of, and that's building these relationships, setting up the, the relationships for that, that follow-up for 12 weeks.
1: It's uh, the number one, it's the number one discipline ignored by most, uh, most people. It's like, in fact, if you look at hundred LOs, there's only 15 that are really good at executing follow-up. And yeah. so you just need to be in the decision-making mode, which group do you want to be in? 85% don't follow up and yeah. 15% do. So why would you go through all the motion and why would you do all the work if you weren't plan- per plan- prepared to follow up? Right And, um, you know, tomorrow. And then in the month of July, we're doing a webinar called how to recession proof your business. And, uh, I think there's 3000 people plus that are going to be joining us tomorrow. And the one thing I'm going to talk about is how to build the database revenues so that you can scale your database referral system so that no matter what the economy is doing, you have thousands of people to refer business to you. And, um, That's what, that's what everybody's doing right now. I mean, there's like, if you're, if you have a refi based business right now, you're in trouble. And, uh, you know, in the, the purchase business is the only thing that really matters and then intentional and, and, um, you know, valuable refis with your database sh- strategically are are okay all the time, right? Yeah. But it's interesting. It's interesting if you um, if you think about like I'll just uh, let me pull something up real quick. I'll just do the math for your listeners, and then we can start to uh, to wrap this. But like if I go, um, here we go. So let me just say this to everybody. So so what would happen if you, if you think like every borrower I do a loan for. Yep. Okay, And the following twelve months will refer me to one more loan. That's it yeah. one. okay So in five years, I get five loans from yep. every borrower. Um, if my income is thirty five hundred dollars a loan, yep. then that model's worth seventeen thousand five hundred dollars per borrower. right Follow okay So if I have five hundred loyal borrowers in my database Yep, and I times it by 17,500, I actually can create an $8.7 million commission economy for myself and my family. Wow. Five, 500 borrowers, 500 borrowers, one one referral per year each that closes.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Amazing. That's $1.7 million a year in commissions without making a call on a realtor. Right. That's just your database.
0: That's just your past borrower.
1: Yeah. Love it. So well, they're uh, your current, they're your current, they're your current borrowers. Current uh, borrowers. You, yeah. yeah. They can't be passed uh, because that's like passed is dead. And, and <laughs> if you're, if they're passed, like you did a loan for them, then you're thinking the wrong way. Everybody you've closed mm-hmm. a loan for is a, is a current client. It's a client. Yeah. You just got to figure out where the next referral is coming from. That's it. Love it. All right. Where can people register for that webinar? Uh, just come to our website, Todduncan.com and, uh, and, and uh, uh, you can just do the drop down to events and register okay. there. Um, or you just search on social how to recession-proof your business, and the links are all over social. Um, I can send you one outside of this, and you could, you could send it out to everybody if you wanted to. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. We, included. we did a test run. Awesome. We did a test run last week, and it was great it was great. Awesome. Awesome. So last question,
0: what, what would you say is the, what would you say the greatest insight to a mortgage brokerage owner, um, trying to take their company to the next level?
1: Um, I think what it would probably be, and I'll just create a real, a a real simple uh, picture. Um, I would have, if I'm a mortgage broker owner and I'm trying to build the company, which means I'm building it with people beyond just me doing loans, right? Yeah. Okay. So what I tell people all the time is to think through a scenario as a leader owner, would you rather have 20 originators on your team that do a million dollars each a month $20 million a month, right? Or would you rather have five on your team that do $4 million each? Mm -hmm. And it's a really big question because if I look at 20, there's a strong chance that about half of them are probably never gonna go to the top producer level. It's not bad or good, it's not right or wrong, it's just truth another five to seven of that group would actually thrive more being on a team for the four that are, or the five that are doing 4 million. Yeah. So out of 20, I could probably reallocate time resource and energy by backfilling five originators with five new production partners Yep, and letting 10 originators go Yeah, and do more volume at scale, more efficiently, um, Everything behind the scenes gets easier because I have less people involved. And at the end of the day, you know, uh, Andrew Carnegie, who uh, today would be worth. Three trillion dollars. Right. He said, put all of your eggs in one basket and watch the basket. All right. This was written in 1900, 1903. It was published in the Pittsburgh Bulletin. And he said, the key to success is put all your eggs in one basket and watch the basket. It's a basket. So I could, do, I could do 100 loans a year with 100 realtors.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or I could do 100 loans a year with 10 realtors. Yep. Or I could do 100 loans a year with one realtor. Right. Which is easier? The one realtor. Yeah. 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 Amazing. So Thanks. that's what I would, you bet. <laughs> awesome
0: Todd, Thanks for joining. Uh, we'll um, have that webinar link. Any other resources anyone uh, that you, you would suggest people find on your website?
1: Yeah, I mean just just come to you know check the events out. Our sales master events coming up October 11th through the 14th. Okay. Uh, 30th anniversary, and we're going to go big on the future of mortgage lending. And we're going to be starting to share some diversification models, some income models. Uh, we usually get about 2,000 people that hang out there, and uh, they can check out the agenda right now and, and look at that. We also are doing the High Trust Sales Academy in Dallas, Texas, in December. Uh, that is locked down to 300 people only, and I teach for four and a half days a 400-page playbook. So you may want to you may want to take a look at that. Um, the other thing though, is to just download the white papers. We have three or four different white papers that are free to download. Talk less, sell more, uh, the high trust interview and the high trust interview for financial planners. Uh, so download those are free and then, uh, we'll just, we'll, you and I'll keep talking and we'll go from there. Awesome. Thanks, Todd. Thanks, Brian. Be well. Take care. You. Yep. See ya.
0: If you would like to generate more sales through your digital marketing efforts, please visit mortgagebrokermarketing.com and get a copy of the book, Internet Marketing for Mortgage Brokers, tripling your online sales by getting your internet marketing done the right way. Also check the training section of the website for guides on everything from running effective pay-per-click ads to optimizing your Google My Business
1: listing. This has been another episode of the Mortgage Success Podcast. Thank you for listening.